You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. Our guest is a visionary in the field leading the charge towards a healthier and more inclusive drinking culture. He's a driving force behind Clean Co. Non-Alcoholic Spirits, a company that has been making waves with its commitment to crafting sophisticated alcohol-free alternatives that challenge the status quo. It was an absolute pleasure to have with us today the CEO of Clean Co., my new friend, Billy Peretti. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite Clean Co. cocktail and enjoy this episode. Billy, welcome to Served Up. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Can you share a bit about your journey and what inspired you to explore the world of non-alcoholic spirit alternatives? My journey, wow. Um, Well, my background is in brand management, brand marketing. Um, I didn't always work in the spirit and beverage world. I'll just give you a little quick background. My my real background started in research and analytics around consumer products. You know, at a very early stage in my career, really appreciated products that inspired people and things that made people tick, that really, you know, put a light on in their head and drove their behavior to do things differently. Um so again, my background wasn't really in spirits at first. I was at LVMH um, working across the portfolio, and I was working very closely with the wines and spirits division. And um, you know, a big opportunity to oversee marketing for Hennessy came up. And at the time, it was the number two brand within the LVMH portfolio, second only to Vuitton and um, the biggest brand within Moet Hennessy. And I saw a tremendous opportunity there back in the day, it was 2008. We could talk about that at another time, but how that transitioned into um, the non-alp space, I left the company, I came back, I did a portfolio role for Moet Hennessy before I became the global CMO for Belvedere Vodka. And when I was at Belvedere, I was responsible for the innovation pipeline. And I was seeing all of these consumer trends and, you know, business opportunities around low ABV, no ABV. And I kept pushing internally and saying to myself that this is really an opportunity that we need to pay attention to because the consumer is asking for it. And, um, you know, there was always... Mixed response to it. How big of a business opportunity is it? Is this a trend as opposed to a movement? Um, Blah, blah, blah. And 
I was always very concrete when looking at the data. It's truly a movement. And it's not that people aren't drinking at all. People are just drinking less. And um, we should give them uh, offerings and, you know, the, the opportunity to be in the occasions and the moments that they want to be where they would most typically consume alcohol, um, but give them alternatives. So that's how the interest in non-alc started. Um, CleanCo came to me rather randomly through a former colleague and a business associate from Boston Consulting Group who knew one of the investors. And she, you know, said this has your name all over it. And and the rest of that is kind of history. I met with the um, Series B close investors who I was very impressed by. Um, I met with the founder. We can talk about Spencer in a bit if you'd like. And I love Spencer's passion and ambition and drive. Um, and I just saw it as a, you know, a really interesting uh space in terms of the people that were around it but most importantly the idea of clean and talking about clean as it relates to non-alc um and the portfolio the portfolio of clinco was quite impressive i tried all the liquids i tried them you know against the competitors and uh i just thought it was really compelling and incredibly competitive compared to the other liquids that were out there. But I'm kind of rambling on and on. You asked me a, one question and I'm talking a lot. So that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Folks don't want to hear from me, Billy. They want to hear from you and your story. So you could we talk about the CleanCo portfolio and the challenges yeah. and the innovations in creating non-alcoholic spirits with complex and really nuanced flavors and how these really compare to their alcoholic um, counterparts. Sure. So a couple of things to keep in mind about Clean Cohen. It's something that's really important to us. There's no sugar added. We are very low calorie. We are all natural. And in order to continue on that track, we have a very complicated process that gets to our um, liquid development. Depending on the expression or the mark within the portfolio, there's 17 different ingredients that go into one profile, whether it be vodka, rum, tequila. So we we spend a lot of time working on it. And, and I do want to come back to it because it is an important point. But our goal is to get the liquid as close to the actual taste of the product that it is trying to mimic, if you will, as possible neat. Now, are we there today? No, absolutely not. We don't claim to be. Um, but when we are mixed, you will never be able to tell the difference. So right now we are a product that is intended to be drank mixed and our North Star for the future with our innovation pipeline and our development is to uh, really mimic the uh, spirit when you drink it neat in its most precise, granular way. 
Very cool. Can you talk a bit about mixology? You know, when we talk about, um, especially with a really unique product like CleanCo, they are becoming very increasingly popular with those who create cocktails. What creative recipes or pairings have you come across that showcase the versatility of your portfolio? As I said, we're made to be mixed, um, but we also are very mindful of the fact that while this is a movement, there is a tremendous education that needs to come along with what we're doing. Um, You can't really pick up a trade paper or even a consumer media piece around uh, mixed drinks and cocktails without reading something about non-alc. Our job is to make it easy for people to understand what it means to them. So while there's this idea of the movement and it's you know out there and it's getting more and more popular, what does this mean to the everyday person? And in order to do that, the education is critical, both trade and consumer. But how do we do it in the most simplest way? Well, if we are a mixed drink company, a cocktail company, as we, we like to believe that we are, we need to be where mixed drinks and cocktails are served most frequently. And in those environments, we need to make it very easy for people to understand. So when you look at our drink strategy, we have you know a, a three-tiered system, if you will, and it goes from core elevated to advanced. And core cocktails are very simple drinks that you can make: a gin and tonic, uh, you know, a simple you know, rum and Coke kind of thing. Um, Those are core. Then we have our elevated drinks and then the more advanced cocktails, which are in the more mixology space, bartender space that you're talking about, where it's not something you would really make for yourself, but something you would appreciate drinking in a certain environment in a certain moment. I think it's really interesting when you see menus across the country really coming out in a bold way with like the low and no um, selection. Right. And there is a huge campaign around these non-alcoholic cocktails. And then also when you talk about education, one of those things I have found, at least with bartenders, with restaurant owners, with bar owners, is really having to educate the customer also on the price. Right. When they see the non-alcoholic cocktail maybe being very close to this to a cocktail that has alcohol in it versus maybe a soda, a lemonade that would be lesser in value. Can you talk to that? It's a great question. From a trade perspective, it's incredibly inviting because you want consumers to come in and you want them to be buying more elevated drinks because the margins on them are better. Um, And then on the flip side, you want consumers to come into accounts and feel excited that they're having an elevated experience. So I think it's kind of a win-win there. In terms of the price point and the consumer's reason to believe, they're buying an experience. They're buying a mixed cocktail, beverage, whatever you want to call it, that is crafted and made for them. And it's just as valuable, just as tasty, just as good as an alcoholic drink. So it's not about you know, I'm paying, I'm paying the same or I'm paying a little less or a lot less. It's like, no, you're having a great experience and you're, you know, able to be part of the bigger experience without just 
drinking soda water or an iced tea or a Coke. Um, so, so that's our point of view on it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think when folks can come in and have that option and not maybe feel left out or less than the people that they're with, you know, I think you're really creating something special for all consumers that come into a restaurant or a bar. Yeah. And, you know, you just kind of touched on something that, you know, just triggered a thought in my mind. It's not about less than. We want to mitigate the idea of it being non or less. As a company and as a CEO I can t- of a non-ALK brand, we really can't stand the word mocktail because we feel like it diminishes the the idea of what we're we're giving to a potential person who, who wants to try this out. So we want them to feel really good and very, very positive. And we want to flip the story a bit. You're definitely doing that with your portfolio. And I would love to talk about the portfolio. Can you tell our listeners exactly what CleanCo has to offer? Yeah. So we have Clean G, Clean R, Clean T, Clean W, and Clean V. And you can shorthand what each of those stand for, but it's Clean Gin, Clean Rum, Clean Tequila, Clean uh, Vodka, and Clean Whiskey. Um, And they're alternatives, obviously. There's, you know, a, a lot of legalities around using the word gin or tequila. So we're very mindful of people understanding that it's not one of those things. It is truly an alternative. Um, and, you know, depending on your your palate and your taste bud, one is more appealing than the other. The two that I could tell you are most popular in our portfolio are, is the tequila and the gin. Those two really stand out in terms of bestsellers and, and favorites. And then if we were to get a little bit more granular, there is a targeted popularity around the vodka. It's interesting. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. It is. It's really interesting. Can, you know, for individuals who are really new to the non-alcoholic space, you know, what advice would you give them when exploring and selecting something from your portfolio? And how can they really integrate these alternatives into their social experiences effectively? Yes, I think, you know, one thing I would want to talk about is who we really believe our broadest audience is. And they truly are moderators. We are not positioning ourselves as a brand for people that don't drink alcohol at all. Um, while we do appeal to them and we do want to offer them something, moderators are where we really believe um, we see the most opportunity to grow and develop. Within moderators, I would say we really want to focus on their current drinking patterns and whatever those current drinking patterns are, whether it's you know simple mixed drinks at home to more complicated, elevated cocktails in on-trade accounts, we want to show them that we have a product and an offering that can address any kind of beverage consumption that they may have from a non-health perspective. So, so I would start with that. Like we have a full portfolio of products that basically address almost any cocktail you could really think of that's out there. And it can be done from the most simplest place at home to more elevated experience with a complex cocktail elsewhere. I would tell people to start 
it with the um, profile that they like to drink the most. Like if you're a tequila drinker, try our tequila. If you're a vodka drinker, try our vodka and gin and so on and so forth. And then expand out beyond that. Because if you're trying something that you're not a usual drinker of, and you're expecting a, a an exceptional experience, you might be disappointed. Um, so, so that's why I think stick with what you typically like and love to drink, and we're almost certain you won't be disappointed with what we have to offer. You know, you touched on very briefly health. Um, many consumers are turning really to these options for health reasons. Can you talk about the potential health and wellness benefits really associating with non-alcoholic spirits versus the traditional alcoholic beverages? Well, I mean, it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty obvious as a starting point. Alcohol is not good for you. Alcohol is fun and we enjoy drinking. Um, drinking less is clearly better for your health. Um, so there's that. But, you know, there's when we talk about, you know, I talked about moderators, but then when we look at deeper profiles on who these consumers are, we believe that we are talking to certain number of subsets of the population of people who consume. So a big piece of that are self-improvers. Another piece of that is, you know, performance athletes, um, caregivers, moms-to-be. These are all people that need to be mindful of their health and take really good care of themselves, whether it's for performance reasons or it's for um, you know, vocational or responsibilities in life and being what's in a space where you're drinking less, you can do more. There's nothing worse than a hangover. And I don't do well with them yeah. at this stage in my life to be quite, <laughs> I used to be able to like drink very heavily and still function the next day. I can't do that anymore. So there's, there's a lot of people who, who are like me that just, enjoy cocktails, but can't really function and perform the way they used to because they're, they're a little older, they're not as healthy as they used to be, blah, blah, blah. And this, this gives people solutions. So I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like if you want to be a healthier person, body and mind, and you still want to be part of the you know, celebration, part of the activities that alcohol um, is typically a part of, this gives you that solution where you can still be a part of it and you could still be um, thinking of your health and thinking of your wellness in a more serious way. Um, and, you know, Spencer's a perfect example of that, our founder. I don't know if you know much about Spencer's story. Yeah, that was going to be uh, the next question is, would love to hear the background of Spencer and how he really became interested in the world of non-alcoholic spirits, spirits and alternatives. So nobody tells the story better than Spencer, but I will try. <laughs> Um, I, I mentioned before when I met Spencer, I was really impressed by his vision around um, CleanCo, but more broadly the non-out space. And um, and I was really impressed by his ambition of what he wanted to do. Um, the Spencer I was first introduced to is not the Spencer that you know existed a, a ways back, let's say. Um, Spencer is a, a reality TV uh, star, so he's a celebrity in the UK. He's very well known. Um, Spencer was on a television show 
a very well-viewed television show called Made in Chelsea. I guess it's like our equivalent, someone told me, of The Hills. Are you familiar with that show? I had never seen Made in Chelsea. I barely watched The Hills, so I have no real reference to any of this. And I've still never watched it. I like the Spencer I know today, not the Spencer who he was. Um, I give you all of this background because Spencer was a party boy. Spencer drank a lot. He partied a lot. And um, Spencer was really seeing it have a negative effect on his life. And he met someone that he fell in love with, that he's now married to and has three children. And I think the relationship was strained by his alcohol and his partying. He really wanted to be a better version of himself. And he decided that he was going to cut back on the booze, cut back on the partying. And he went to um, a party at his sister-in-law's house who is another known public figure in the UK, um, Pippa Middleton. I don't know if you're familiar who she is. She's the sister of... We all know who Pippa is. <laughs> yes. Um, so Spencer went to Pippa's house, apparently, as the story has been told to me, and she served him a non-alc cocktail, knowing that he was trying to cut back, going sober, whatever the, the plan was at that point in time. And he didn't think it tasted very good. But he was surprised that there were these kinds of offerings out there and intrigued. So he, as only Spencer can, he got all the information he needed. He called the company that was producing the ingredients that was, you know, the, the non-alc alternative. And he said, you know, I see what you're doing. I kind of want to, you know, get involved, blah, blah, blah. Spencer Matthews, it's not, and they're like, thanks, we're good. And Spencer went out and created this brand and this product on his own. And he did it with very little seed money in the beginning, and he did it in the middle of COVID, and it, it kind of took off. It was very successful. And I will tell you, I believe or suspect the success came from some of the things that are still part of our unique selling proposition and reason to believe the packaging. The liquid is is really good and the the value system that we put behind it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The packaging is really great. It absolutely is. And the value is definitely, you know, there. You know, looking ahead, what trends and innovations do you foresee in the non-alcoholic space? And how do you think it will continue to evolve in the coming years? It's a good question. I think the category is getting very noisy and congested. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, it's noisy and congested with a lot of different kinds of offerings. And I've been trying to frame it out with, you know, our, our small but scrappy team, like what, where do we sit and how do we position ourselves in this noisy growing environment? And if you look at it, you know, unintended, I guess, very cleanly. There's a divide in the sense that there is this non-al category where there are, you know, mood enhancers and adaptogens, and then the, the mimicking space. And we fall into the mimicking space. And then within the mimicking space, there is the spirit subset, if you will. And we are committed 
and uh, determined to really ground ourselves there and be the best within the space that we started in. And that is getting to the North Star of mimicking the actual taste of the spirit, first and foremost, when it's drank neat. Um, that could include different formats. Um, that could include a further expression that we feel would round out the portfolio in a more uh, cohesive way, even though we feel like it's it's quite robust as it is. So that's where where we are and where we want to sit. And um, if I had to compare it to a similar, somewhat similar trajectory, when you look at how the non-alk beer space um, started and grew, it took a really long time to get the product taste right for it to really explode. We want to be really grounded in taste and consumer experience. And we believe that will help us move way quicker than beer ever did. Um, so I think that kind of answers your question, but that's- No, it absolutely does. It's so interesting because beer really um, started, right? The whole kind of non-alcoholic option for those who like to imbibe. And so I think that it's really, really interesting to see the spirits, you know, kind of following that path. It just took a way longer time for for beer. And, and I see the non-alc spirit space just moving so much quicker. It took 20 years for beer to really develop. Like we're, we're way further along than that. Yeah, that's amazing. And you definitely are. Can you tell our listeners where they can find Clinko products? Yeah, so we're sold direct if you go to our site. And then um, in terms of pure plays, you can go to boisson.com. We're in all of the major grocery retailers throughout the UK, and we're in 5,000 points of distribution across the US. We really are trying to focus on five key markets where you would see the most deepest concentration because we are, as you know, small, and um, we're looking to be as efficient as possible with how we message and support um, at point of purchase. Um, and on our website, we have all of our distribution. So anyone can go to clean.co and they can find, uh, you know, our distribution. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today on Served Up. I'm really excited what Clean Co is doing. I think that you are really bringing in a whole new consumer and giving options for those who already enjoy, you know, the whole communal idea and celebration idea of being at a bar restaurant in somebody's home and really not feeling that they have to be less than. And so I love that you are really bringing something that's on an even even playing field, a yeah, wonderful I mean, was, option. You just triggered one other quick thing that I wanted to say. There's, you know, there's been this stigma and shame around not drinking when everyone else mm -hmm. is drinking. And yeah. we want to mitigate that stigma and shame. We want people to feel like, yeah, I'm not drinking a cocktail right now with the rest of you because either I don't want to or I can't for mm -hmm. reasons I don't need to really share. I, I met with someone recently and he shared with me, he's a data person, and he shared with me this insane percentage of young people that only drink occasionally. And they gave no explanation why, nor did they feel like they had to. 
And, and I thought it was very interesting because it's very different from generations you know, before them. But again, it's mitigating that shame. It's giving people options and it's, it's making everyone feel like they have choices and an ability to be a part of the party. Amazing. Well, Billy, I want to wish you the very best. Thank and you. I want to wish you a lot of great health and peace. And I do hope that you'll come back on Served Up in about six months and tell us all the great success that Clinko is, you know, continuing to have. I would love that. Thank you so much. Cheers to you. Take care. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!